Crossing today. So glad that you're joining us. And if you're new around here, um, our mission here at The Crossing is to help people discover Jesus and the journey. We just believe that Jesus changes lives. And so we're glad that you're here. Well, let's go ahead and welcome all those who are joining us, our Southeast Campus, our microsites, those who are watching online. Always good to have you part of the uh, Crossing family with us. Well, when I shot that video in Midtown this last week, it just hit me that this is one of those things that I could get really excited about. You know, sometimes you just need a challenge to say, this is something that motivates me to get out of bed in the morning. This is one of those things. Because Midtown is a, is a part of Las Vegas where businesses and churches have been leaving. And we want to go to this part of the valley and to serve them. And since we just announced this this last week, I've had so many conversations with people who are just excited about us going and making a difference there. And so we're just praying through this to see if this is where God wants us to be. And this is where part of our Christmas offering is going to be going this year. And the other focus of our Christmas offering is Night to Shine. Now, Night to Shine is a prom that we hold for those with special needs in our community. We partner with the Tim Tebow Foundation. And so this year, we are able to double the number of guests that we're having to come for that. And so our Christmas offering will go to those. This is something that we do every year. Our Christmas offering is something we do every year, not only to strengthen our ministry here as we move into a new year, but also to impact our community. So here's my ask for you, that if you call the crossing home, would you consider making a year-end gift of some kind? Now, for many of you, you've been given here for years, and this is just a normal pattern for you, but for some of you, this will be the first time that you've had the opportunity to give to God's purposes. And so we're receiving the Christmas offering through the end of December. And let me just say that you are the most generous church in the world. And you brought back thousands of gifts for kids in our community and families here at the Crossing. So thank you. Thank you for your generosity just on behalf of these families whose lives will be changed because of you. And so here's one last thing I want to talk about before we go in to the message, is Christmas is two weeks away, which means our Christmas services are two weeks away. And so I hope you're thinking about who you can invite. This is your easiest inviting opportunity of the year, that people are looking for a place to go to church at Christmas. So invite them. Make a bold invitation for somebody to come with you to one of the Christmas services. Well, we're in the second week of our Christmas series that we are calling It Is Well. That every year we take the weeks leading up to Christmas to revisit the Christmas story. And here's the reason that we do this. Is that we want to prepare our hearts for Jesus. To prepare our hearts for Christmas. And we're using this great prayer called the Serenity Prayer as the backdrop of our Christmas series. And so here's what I want to do. I want us just to, to read this great prayer out loud together. So let's just read this together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And last week, we looked at the first part of this, the serenity to accept. Now, this is just that time of year. 
I mean, where everywhere you go, traffic is bad, lines are long at the store, you have to prepare yourself to be with your in-laws at Christmas. I mean, this is that time of year. That there are just some things that you cannot change. And we need that serenity, that peace. And last week, our focus was on Mary. Because Mary found herself in a place that she did not ask for, and she could not change. Well, next week, we'll look at the third part of that, just asking God to give us the wisdom to know the difference. But this week, we're going to look at courage. And, and so the question for us is, where do, where do you need the courage to change something that God is calling you to change? Where do you need the courage to change something in your life that God is calling you to change? See, when we look at the Christmas story, there is one common command that's given to all the characters of the Christmas story. Because God loves to bring courage. We see this the first time when the angel comes to visit Zechariah. Now, Zechariah will become the father of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the one who will prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. And here's what we read in Luke chapter 1. It says, when Zechariah saw him, talking about the angel... He was startled and gripped with fear. Now, we can understand this. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Do not be afraid. And then the message of God comes to Mary. Same thing. She experiences fear. It says, when the angel said to her, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Well, then the word of God comes to the shepherds in the field. Same thing. It is fear says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. See, what everyone keeps hearing from the angel is don't be afraid. Do not fear. Why is that? See, we read the Bible, and, and I think we think it's just a common occurrence for an angel just to show up. Because we read it all the time. That's just not the case. It, it wouldn't have been common. Now, if you're at home, and you're cooking Christmas cookies, and an angel suddenly appears to you, you would be afraid too. You would think something happened. There's something in these cookies that I shouldn't have put in there. You, you wouldn't know what to think. But I think that it is more than that. Because when the call of God comes on a life, there are two responses. No, I'm not going to do it. Or yes. And the road to no is marked with fear. And the road to yes is marked with courage. And the life that you lead depends on the road that you choose. No, yes. Fear, courage. And we see this in the characters of the Christmas story. But it is through the life of Joseph where we really see this battle of fear and courage. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at, at the Christmas story through the lens of Matthew chapter 1 today and through the life of Joseph. But let me just give you a little bit of background. Joseph is engaged to Mary. And they are in this engagement period. This engagement period oftentimes would last nine months to a year. And then she tells Joseph that she is pregnant. Well, he thinks that his fiance has betrayed him. I mean, who's going to really believe that she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit? Well, we're going to pick up the story, Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. It says, when Joseph, her husband, was, 
Um, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, for anybody, there are fears about getting married. When I proposed to Darla, it was during spring break of my freshman year of college. I was 18 years old. And so I took her to the Riverwalk in Wichita, Kansas. And I was so nervous because I knew the question I was about to ask. She did not know, but she was starting to go, okay, something's wrong with you. I was so nervous. Is as I get down on one knee to ask the question, it had never really occurred to me before, what if she says no? I hadn't even thought about that possibility before that. Well, of course, I was hoping that she would say yes. And then suddenly I thought, what if we get married and it's not what I expected? I mean, what if something changes? What if I change? Or what if she changes? You know, what, what's going to happen here? What if it's not perfect? See, getting married, among other things, it's an act of courage. And change always requires courage. But for Joseph, it was a whole different level for Joseph. Because he finds out that his fiancée, Mary, is pregnant, and he knows it is not him. And, And look at this word right here. It says, but after he had considered this. Now, this word considered could also be translated angry or upset. And we get this. I mean, do you really expect him after getting this news just to sit down and ponder? I'm going to ponder this for a second. I'm just going to consider Mary is pregnant. How about that? See, we understand that he is disappointed and angry. And there's two options available to Joseph. Option number one is he could request a public trial which would have been humiliating to her. And according to Jewish law, it was supposed to end in stoning. If she was found guilty, it was supposed to end in stoning. But in the first century, they rarely stoned any longer for that. But here's the second option. He could divorce her privately so that she would not be publicly disgraced. And it says because he was a righteous man, this is what he chooses to do. Now, I don't know if we can fully understand what this would be like because he knew even if he divorced her quietly, she would probably never marry again. She would be considered defiled. But if he married her, his own reputation is on the line. The fact that he would take in a pregnant woman as his wife or to admit that he got a woman pregnant out of wedlock, it could ruin his his business, it could ruin his good name, people would whisper and talk behind his back, which is exactly what would happen. But look at this, it says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. He reminds him, as God will remind you, of his identity. He says, you're Joseph. You're Joseph. 
See, Joseph was named after this great hero of the Old Testament by the name of Joseph. The story is in Genesis. And so you probably remember the story. Joseph was sold into slavery. Then his employer threw him into prison. But he was not afraid because it says that throughout the story that God was with him. That he said yes to God's call and his life. And God would use him to change the world. That, that you're Joseph. But you're not just Joseph. You're Joseph, son of David. You're Joseph, son of David. David was the little shepherd boy who fought off lions and bears to protect his sheep. As a teenager, he takes on the biggest enemy of Israel. He takes on Goliath and he defeats him. That David so honored King Saul even when Saul wanted to kill him. And David becomes the greatest king in Israel's history. He says, you're Joseph, son of David. You have an identity. Do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife. Raise the Messiah. You will go on this great adventure. You will serve God. Don't give in to fear. But I don't know whether you noticed this or not, but look at this. It says, but after... He had considered this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Because Joseph was considering divorcing Mary. We get this. But it says that after he considered this. I find this kind of odd. Because this is after all of the anxiety, the angel comes to him and says, do not be afraid. Why does the angel come after this stress, this anxiety? Why didn't the angel come before all of that? I mean, isn't that how we want God to work? God, why aren't you showing up before all of this happens? Why did the angel make Joseph wait until it was over? See, I think think it's because Joseph is going to have to face his fear. That he's going to have to face his own anxiety. The uncertainty of his future. See, we all think that, that that, that courage does not mean feeling fear. It's actually the opposite. It's actually the opposite. Because the only people who can exercise courage are people who are afraid. They are the only ones. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing what God wants you to do in spite of fear. This means that as long as you live, God will be putting you in places of risk so that you can trust him and exercise courage. Because only then do you grow. And then God will lead you into new places of risk and new places of uncertainty so that you will experience more fear and you will learn to trust God more and you will grow more. The fear will never go away as long as you live. That you are a child of God. And you cannot grow courage by, you know, listening to great talks about courage. It's not how you grow courage. You don't grow courage by looking up these great podcasts on courage. You can only grow courage by trusting God and obeying Him and taking the next step of action. And so it is with Joseph that he says yes and he takes Mary into his home. But that's not the end of the fear. We read in in Matthew chapter 2 that the magi come, the wise men come to visit Jesus. And here's what it says. 
It says, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up. Um, can we go back to that scripture right before this, I think? Um, there's nothing in between. I must have uh, messed it up. Um, let's go to that again. I'm sorry. It says, but um, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. I think we cut an entire slide here. So let me just tell you what, what happens here is that uh, the Magi come. And so after he does this, Joseph feels this fear. And when he hears that Herod, the most powerful man in the world, is out to kill his child whom he's supposed to protect, what emotion do you think he has? It, he just feels this fear. And so what Joseph does is he takes his child, he takes his wife, they go to Egypt, and they stay until Herod dies. And then an angel comes to Joseph again, and they return to Judea and say, stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And then the next slide here. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. It's more fear. That Joseph lives in constant fear and danger. And then Joseph experiences the fear of being a parent. Now, if you're a parent, you know what this is like. When we had our first child, when our first child was born, I didn't know that I had the capacity to love like that. But I was overcome with fear. I'm in charge of this little human being. And so you try so hard to, to get them to go to sleep. And then as soon as they go to sleep, you just shake them to make sure that everything's okay. And you just do that throughout the night. And then you want to keep them from getting hurt. And you have this, this constant fear that you're going to screw them up. And so we had a savings account that they could either pay for college or they could pay for counseling, depending on what they needed most. And I think we used it for both. <laughs> that every parent knows this fear. Now, imagine the pressure of raising Jesus. What if I get something wrong? What if I lose my temper? What if I say a bad word? I mean, I have the, the sinless son of God watching me. What if I mess up Jesus? What if I mess up Jesus? Imagine the two of them working in the carpentry shop. And Joseph hits his thumb with a hammer. Jesus, yes, Dad, what do you need? <laughs> See, what's interesting about the Christmas story, Joseph never speaks. See, everyone else in the Christmas story does. Mary does. Zechariah does. Elizabeth does. King Herod does. The wise men do. Even the shepherds get to talk. Joseph is the only one in the Christmas story that is silent. And maybe it's because he's just a quiet man. Maybe it's because he's kind of shy. Maybe he just has this nature about him that's just kind of timid. He just keeps doing what God asks him to do. God grant me the courage. See, here's the key for whenever you're afraid. See, the angel gives Joseph the reason to not give in to his fear. says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. 
because he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And Matthew wants us to know what that means. And so he just puts it in parentheses, which means God with us. That God is with you. That you are not alone. You don't face life on your own. And the call, listen, the call is not to conjure up some kind of courage. The call is not to try to manufacture it by your willpower. I love this because Joseph is the first one to hear these words. That God is with you. That Jesus is with you. Do not be afraid. So here's this question. Here's this question that I think we need to wrestle with for us right now. It's this question right here. What does God, where does God want to give me courage to change? Where does God want to give you courage to change in your life? See, in the Christmas story for Mary, she couldn't change anything. She's pregnant. She has to accept where God has her. But for Joseph, it appears that that his fiance is unfaithful. And so he's going to divorce Mary quietly. And he has to have the courage to change. So where do you need to ask God for courage to change? What is the truth about myself that I am most afraid of facing? Maybe it's your anger. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's confessing a sin. Maybe it is finally getting help with a habit or an addiction. Maybe it's taking time to serve. Say, God has gifted me in this. Maybe for some of you today, it's starting a relationship with Jesus. You understand, God is in the courage-providing business. You can change. One of the environments we have around here at the Crossing is an environment we call Celebrate Recovery. Now, CR meets on our campus here every Monday night at 6.30. And CR is not just for those who have addictions. It is for any kind of issue that is holding you back. It might be worry or anger or depression or grief. Whatever issue that is robbing you of your peace that's robbing you of this serenity that God wants to give you. And here's what CR is. CR is is to help you take the one next step that you need to take, to give you the courage to address that issue that's been holding you back. And instead of living in fear and shame, that Jesus is the only one who can give you the courage to battle that fear and shame. And so we have people at the Next Step table. If you're interested, just go out into the lobby and talk to them. Or you can just show up every Monday at 630. You can just show up here. But I was thinking about some of you this week. Because some of you grew up in families that were dysfunctional. That you grew up in this family and you just feel bound by the generation of your past. That you can have courage to write a new story. That you can break the cycle of family dysfunction. You can move into a new future by God's power. And that's what Joseph did. 
instead of being focused on his fear, he focuses in on God's promises. So where does God want to give you the courage to change? See, I wonder for Joseph, when his fear started to overcome him, when he starts to ask the question, was your wife really faithful? Did God really speak to you? What, a, what is everyone going to think? I think in that moment of fear, I wonder if he just remembered the words that God spoke to Joshua hundreds of years before. Because when Joshua was leading the children of Israel into the promised land, and he was afraid, God spoke into him. And here's what God told him. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. See, God is the one who gives the courage to change. God is the one. So I'm going to ask you to help me close my message today. And I'm just going to read to you just a, a few statements, just to speak a few statements. And I want to ask you just to repeat these words, be strong and courageous. Okay, so I'm going to make a statement, and you're going to say, okay, I was wondering if you were with me. So I'm going to make a statement, and you're going to say, okay, I think you're with me. When you struggle with doubts in your life, God says, be strong and courageous. When people accuse you of not being strong enough or smart enough or good enough or able enough, God says, when your financial fears start to overpower you, God says, when you feel beaten down by life, God says, be strong and courageous. When you feel like you can't keep going, God says, when the future looks scary and uncertain, God says, be strong and courageous. When guilt and shame control your life, God says, be strong and courageous. When you want to begin again, God says, be strong and courageous. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God says, be strong and courageous. Crossing, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. And so I, I want to pray with us. But here's my challenge for you. That maybe you need the courage to begin to face some things in your life. Maybe for you, you need the courage to get out a letter, to write somebody and just tell them that you forgive them. 
Maybe you need the courage to finally get a hold of that habit, that addiction that you've been trying to grab a hold of for so long, but it just seems to control you. And you need the courage. Maybe, maybe it's a relationship. And you know that you've been wrong. And you need the courage to make it right. For some of you, for some of you, you're not followers of Jesus. And maybe today is the day that you would have the courage to finally step across the line of faith. For you to finally step across the line of faith and say, I'm ready to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. So I want us to pray together. And maybe this is just the time for you in that area of your life saying, okay, God, I'm ready. Give me courage. Father, thank you for this story. Thank you for the way that it teaches us because every one of us, we have these fears that have held us back. So God, we want to be strong and courageous. To not fear to trust in you where you would have us go. God, thank you for the way that you promised to always be with us. And we pray this in Jesus' name.